Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm with my friend Jack Barry, spelled with an A. Oh yes, not B-A, a B A Brockus, baby. Yeah, don't come at Jack with don't come at the me fruit. with these B E's. He is a seedless individual. <laughs> Jack ain't got no E in his name. Actually, Velkovit. No, no, I guess that doesn't have an E, does it? Mm. Oh, yes, it does. V E. V E. Oh, yeah. V E L. All right. You do have an E. But I have one. I have one E. B A R R Y. Yes. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I, dude, I have to say, when I, because I always just knew you as Jack Berry, because that's what's on, like, social media, right? Yeah. And when we met for the one of the first times, like, I was like, like, I introduced myself, and and I don't know I don't know how it came up, but Velkovich came out, and I was like, oh, hold on, Jack Velkovich Barry, like what's the story there? Like like oh dude, like I mean it's a long story. I know the story. Yes. I'm just saying it was weird. All the people, yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, but um, you never know. I mean, that's on all my IDs, baby. It so. is. It is. Just and that, saying. that that might be where I saw it. I think I think when we first got became friends, I was like, I think it was know, on my doing fit. a background th- check on you, and <laughs> I stole your ID out of your back pocket. I think that's the only place that I have that is on my Facebook. I'm pretty sure. I think that's probably true. So that's probably true. Jack. Yes, sir. I'm bummed out. Yeah. Do you know why? <laughs> why? Because we're sitting here right now. Yeah. And we're watching soccer. <laughs> Soccer's on the TV right now, dude. Oh, Josh. I can't stand soccer. I don't know what it is. Like, why? Okay, here's the thing. I would like soccer a lot more if the men that played soccer... was NFL? <laughs> act like, ...acted like men. Like, they, they, they have, like, the air from somebody's like presence just you know waft them across the face and they're doing like the death roll on the ground Bro, like holding their shin I, I told you this before and then before they like look recording and, and then they look like look around to see like who's watching them 
they're dude, like, they're like toddlers. You got hey, you got to fake it till you make it, baby. I mean, you got to fake that to get to advance. But, like they're not even doing into a good the job. into the enemy territory. Like I can tell on TV that these guys are f- just full of it. I will say this: the thing that you don't see sometimes in like high school, uh, middle school soccer matches. It's talent. No, sorry. <laughs> is the, is the fact that it's way more physical in those yeah, matches? Absolutely. And there, I mean, there were times. Granted, I grew up in Central Washington State, and I played against some physical specimens that were Hispanic and were very talented individuals with a soccer ball, and just how they maneuvered down the field. But I will tell you this: on some corner kicks, I was jabbed. Dude, there it was like a it was a brawl. It was like a it was like this little jab brawl thing that went on, and if the refs didn't see it, psh, keep playing. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like I don't understand. Like normally, here's like like normally in athletics, the more you progress up the totem pole of like skill, like the better, the better the game gets. But you know, I grew up in in. You know, east uh, Eastern Washington, yep. and soccer out there was dominated by Hispanics, and they sure. were good. Like yep. these these dudes and and girls, not just the guys. Yeah, these guys could move that ball, dude. And it was so much more of an actual like athletic. Like what I'm watching here is like a bunch of like theater dropouts trying to play <laughs> a sport. I don't understand. It's like okay, now's the scene when we, you know, want to make sure you know check out your your acting uh, repertoire, repertoire, and, and repertoire, you, <laughs> and you have to make yourself cry now. It's like, dude, like it's like casting for like a like a, a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> B movie over here. It like, is way. It is way. I will say this. It is way more of a slow paced game on in like the major league kind of arenas versus it's very chess like on TV and major league games versus actual like high school college matches. Well yeah, it's cuz half the time they're rolling around on the ground trying to get a red card. The pitches are are way bigger as well too. So that pitch right there that we're watching is exceedingly twice the size of maybe another pitch in like college or so, high school. So I played soccer like two like it was like youth soccer. Like when I was really really yeah. young. Yeah. And I remember distinct the only memory I have of playing soccer. Yeah. Was doing a corner kick. Yeah. And I kicked this ball. Yeah. And I drilled this kid in the face. <laughs> just complete he was standing up. I don't know if he wasn't looking or he just had the reflexes of a sloth. <laughs> But I drilled this sucker right between the eyes, and he dropped right like a sack of potatoes. Ass. Dude, <laughs> I felt so bad. And I remember looking over at my coach, and he was just like, hey, man, that's part of the game. And at that point, <laughs> I thought, ooh, I could play soccer. <laughs> but then I never played it again. But that's really the only memory I have of soccer. So, Jack, we're going to have to suffer through suffer through this this show of theatrical performance while we're uh, while we're recording here. I mean, sure. I mean, this is this is what's going to happen sometimes. Sometimes you just yeah. have to you have to do it for the people. Yep. We're doing this for you. We're suffering through this for oh you. Oh my gosh. I'm not really suffering. I kind of enjoy a soccer match. I yeah, mean, that makes gosh. sense. I will say this. <laughs> there are some naysayers that have uh-huh. become true believers and they are from the south, sir. Oh, good gracious. I know people 
that converted, and they have they have bought full they've bought an all in to like soccer full, now. FIFA, full on Xbox regalia. I'm talking the the Euro leagues, any of those leagues in the European Union. I'm talking everything, all in whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm never I'm never gonna understand it. I don't think ever. Um, so Jack, by by means of of you know, because we were wanting to talk about something something real in our lives something like we wanted to yeah. we wanted the people to understand a little bit more about us so i came up with this question that i wanted to pose to you that we're going to open with here before we get into our topic and that is what point of your life can you think of where you were the most where you experienced the most like legitimate fear where have you been the most scared oh, in your life <laughs> and like I asked Jack, I'm like, hey, okay, this isn't going to bring up like anything like from <laughs> Afghanistan, right? Like, is this is this a safe? Because I last thing I need is Jack going all Vietnam vet on oh me in my the corner gosh, here, give me a break, and just start like throwing hands. <laughs> like people are going to catch these hands. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, I would say honestly, the most scared that I w- have been, I think it was like 17, maybe 18 years old. We were up like trucking up in uh, in the hills, and. Um, we had what was it we were in my friend's toyota tacoma and we were like you know kind of jeeping around and that's your up first there mistake right the there yeah in, in a toyota tacoma yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh it was a newer model but it's still um so we were up there kind of just bouncing around it was at night right we're coming we turned around came back down and my friend is going at this high rate of speed and it goes down and then to a bridge and there's a guardrail. Dude, he was going so fast down that he wanted to slide into the bridge. And dude, I thought we were going off. I thought we were going it felt like, dude, we are not gonna we are not nope, nope, we're gonna die. Like that He's was going the, full that was the only diesel. That was like, a legitimate fear of mine. Like he was going so fast down this hill. And I'm like, there's no way that this is going to bank and we're going to, we did eventually hit the guardrail. Not that bad. There wasn't too much damage to the fender, but man, it was, uh, yeah, that was a massive sphincter shrinking moment. Right? <laughs> what? Yes. I've never heard yep. that term before. I'm not diving into that, that term any, any, any farther. Uh, okay. So you almost... Your car almost went off a bridge. Is, My friend's is, is Toyota Tacoma almost, yeah, killed us all, basically. Yes. Dude, if it was a Dodge, wouldn't have had that problem. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. <laughs> Dodge it. Ram it. It's what it feels Sam like Elliott. to drive a Ford truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, okay. So, for me, um, I remember this distinctly. It's ingrained in my head. Oh, boy. I was probably 16 or 17. Um, and again, I grew up in the sticks, like we're way up, you know, not, not much civilization, uh, out in the boondocks. Yeah. Right? Yep. We get a call from our nearest neighbor. Now our nearest neighbor is about a mile and a half away. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they are the nearest neighbor and we get a call from them saying, uh, and it's, uh, um, it's the wife, the husband was at work and that's the wife calling us and saying, there's a bear on my porch. I can't get out. I gotta get to work. There's a bear on my porch. Oh my god! And we're like, 
okay, what do you want us to do? And she's like, I, like, I just need help. So we get in the truck, right? We grab we grab the 300 Winchester mag. Oh, my God. Hop in the hop in the truck, and we uh, you know we dr- drive down to the uh, to the property, and we show up to this property, and I quickly understand why there's a bear. Like this is a bear's paradise. There's trash everywhere, dude. <laughs> he, like he he showed up to this place, and he was like, I like I'm staying. This like th- this is exactly what I want, right? See, look, he's flopping. Look, I guarantee you, his knee is not that hurt. Look, look, he he's literally oh, he's holding right card. Dude, Conor McGregor it. broke his freaking <laughs> leg on national TV and he winced less than this guy. I don't understand. I don't understand. Okay, sorry. Sorry. That was a fake the funk, Josh. I get distracted. Yeah, the funk it's uh I'm not yeah, whatever. So anyway, we show up. It's trash everywhere. Like the bears obviously loving this place, right? And we we show up and we don't see the bear. All right, so we knock on the door, and and she's like, uh, she's like, hey, yeah, he walked over that way, and we're like, all right, like, what do you want us to do? She's like, well, can you just scare it off? Do you think it'll come back? And we're like looking around, and we're like, yeah, it's coming back. She's like, well, okay, well, I don't really know what to do. So at that point, we like walk toward our truck, and we see the bear up on the hill. Oh no! Right? It's a big bear. Yeah, not a grizzly, but it's a large. It is a cinnamon, I think. But the biggest cinnamon bear I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It was just massive. And he's up he's he's up kind of on this hill, probably maybe a hundred yards away. And we see him there. So we're like, oh, okay, well, I guess we could you know, we're not we're not sure what to do at that point. This bear, as we're standing there, gets up on its hind legs, turns around, looks at my dad and I. Because it's just my dad and oh I. Oh my gosh. It Gets down on all fours and starts running toward us. <laughs> Straight toward us. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is like Jurassic Park, dude. <laughs> my dad, I, I, I'm, <laughs> my dad opens up the driver's side uh, truck door, rolls the window down, and puts the rifle through the, oh my through the window. <laughs> and I'm standing behind my dad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and this bear's moving, dude. This bear's getting closer. Like, for those that don't know, don't be, don't be, uh, um, what's the word? Don't be, uh, literally poking the bear. Well, no, 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 no. I was just going to say, don't be, um, I can't think of the word. Bears, uh, bears can move. Yeah. I know they look like big, chubby, cuddly animals, but they'll they eat can you. move. They'll dude. eat you. And this bear was gaining ground. Like 80 yards. Oh my god. 70 yards. 60 yards. I'm standing behind my dad. He's got the 300 Winchester mag in the car window. And he's he's just sitting there. And I hear him breathing. <laughs> and this bear's getting closer and closer. And it's not stopping. It's coming right for us. Oh my gosh. And I start. <laughs> it's And it's getting 60 yards, 50 yards, 40 yards. And it's moving. It's not stopping. And I just like. Start nudging my dad like, uh, dad, dad, shoot it, shoot it, dad, dad, please, dad, shoot it, shoot it, dad, shoot it. I'm freaking shoot out. Shoot that. Shoot Yeah, dad. I'm freaking out. And dude, it's like, it's like the only thing that would have made this better is if dad, if my dad started reciting the Lord's Prayer, like saving Private Ryan. <laughs> like, like, uh, must move faster. Yeah, must, <laughs> must move faster. It gets 20 yards, maybe 15 to the truck 
boom smoke i see this bear its head jerks down and it does a somersault and like skids oh my gosh and it like lands like 5 10 15 yards like right in front of us my dad put that round right between its eyes wow dude and I, wow i had never been in my life so scared and yet so proud <laughs> of my father <laughs> in my life wow so and like after that we just kind of like Oh. Don't go on Josh's dad's property, people. Oh, dude. <laughs> you get sued. Oh, my goodness gracious. So we threw it in the back of the truck, called uh, uh, National Wildlife, and they, they came and picked it up. We couldn't even keep it. Did they, they get did they, they get ticked at you for that? No, 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 no. The ranger oh. actually, like, like we told the ranger what happened. He was like, yeah, well, you saved me around. Like, that's what would have... That's, oh. that's, that's what okay. we would have done. Like, oh, obviously, okay. the bear was aggressive. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was... And so we ended up basically doing their job but they didn't even let us keep it like like we were thinking like i'm gonna skin this i'm gonna i'm gonna get this taxidermy it's gonna be a cover for our pool table it's gonna be amazing um but it didn't happen anyway that's when i was the most scared in my life yeah i mean flipping animals man that'll that'll scare the that'll scare the moses absolutely all right jack what are we talking about today uh, after that uh, thrilling story, I'm just like stupefied we, right we, now. We have we we have a listener. Yeah, 16 minutes in, and our, our listeners are like, "Are we actually going to talk about anything?" <laughs> we are. Uh, we have a listener request, and this is actually a really really good one. Uh, what we're talking about today is Sunday school and small groups. Yes. Um, uh, I realize that not all churches have Sunday schools, not all churches have small groups. Jack and I are going to talk about each one. Yep. Why we like them and kind of what we think makes a successful. Uh, Sunday school hour and then small group yeah. uh, ministry, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, let, why don't we start? I don't know. Well, like, well, let me pose this: Did you, in your church experience, I find that most churches have small groups, yeah, and a dwindling number of churches have a Sunday school hour. I would say so. I would agree with that because the Did- church I grew up in, like you had Sunday school at nine, yeah. nine to ten service 10 30 to noon or yeah. whatever you, you know what i'm saying yeah. that was just kind of the standard and I, I feel like that's kind of for, for perhaps older more traditional churches yeah most of them probably still have sunday school hour yeah i would say most um old, most i would say baptist churches still probably have that similar setup or even like presbyterian churches depending you know where you go but i mean uh, i'm trying to remember there was a church that I went to that had that as well too. They had a Sunday school hour, and then you had service after that Sunday school hour. So, I've been a part of churches that haven't had that. I've been a part of churches that do have that. So, but yeah. So, so normally, at least in my experience, I know a lot of churches probably do it differently. But normally, what a Sunday school hour would look like, uh, I think when a lot of people hear Sunday school, they think just kids. Yeah. Right. Like okay, you know, the kids go to Sunday school. Right. Yeah. Um, this is actually kind of a similar thing, only for adults. And it yeah. usually happens either before or after the main corporate gathering of believers, right? Yeah. And what it is usually reserved for, and I think what I've seen uh, to be uh, the most effective, is a more... I don't want to say intellectual, because that's not really true. More, uh, more like... like um, um, educational, yeah, uh, a more educational time to go through 
you know, different different topics. Sometimes it's theological. Sometimes um, some of the Sunday schools I've really enjoyed were um, like uh, Ligonier will put out 20, yeah. 30 minute uh, video lessons. Yeah. Right. Like R.C. Sproul or uh, Lingen Duncan or, you know, um, Steve Lawson, you know, all, all those awesome guys. Yeah. Um, and they'll do, you know, it's usually like an eight to ten part series. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're split up into 30-minute increments, and they're pretty much designed for you to play that video and then have a time of discussion afterward. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. Um, I've seen, you know, I've seen churches that don't do that, and it's just as awesome, right? But but normally, it's a time set aside for a more a more lecture-based discussion um look and deep dive into either a book of the Bible, into mm-hmm. a, th- a theological series. Um, I've seen ch- some churches do it where it's like, all right, we're going to go through our our uh, membership yeah. class. Yeah. Um, I've seen church, the, the one that I was in most recently, they were going through the 1689, yeah. you, know, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. um, I personally like it. I'm, yeah. And I mean, it depends on like your your propensity for learning and stuff like that. Sure. How you learn in a certain area and even what the, what the Sunday school is about. I mean, I was a part of some Sunday schools that started to look at certain books of the Bible and maybe like more historically sometimes, um, or even like church history. I really enjoy those. Um, I'm a huge, if people know me, I'm a huge church history guy. And so I really like yeah, deep diving into that. So, those have been always great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was not, I mean, it, it kind of depended upon what the topic or what they were doing in that Sunday school. And if you wanted to kind of deep dive into it. So, yeah, I've, I've one, one pitfall that I've seen, and I think something to be aware of if you're going to, um, maybe bring this type of ministry into your church, which again, I think it's, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's cool, but by, by nature of it being more academic, yeah, I found that um, spirited debates, oh yeah, <laughs> um, between individuals, uh, it is a an, an it, it's an environment where it almost it 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 provides an easier what do you say environment for those types of things to happen, yeah, <laughs> especially depending on what you're going through. Yeah. Uh, I remember going through. Uh, creation, like just kind of like a list, and all of the different views. You know, old Earth, young Earth. Did did God utilize evolution or did oh, he not? Yeah. You know, just yeah. all of those conversations. Um, end times. <laughs> oh boy, Dude, we went through Sunday Woo! school like like an end times. Uh, just you know, eschatology did it, study. Did it oh. look like some sort of conspiracy theorist basement up in there, or well, what? <laughs> you had you had people on like both sides of the aisle, which is very interesting. You had your covenantal, right? Yeah. Who are you know covenantal in their in their eschatology, and then you had yeah. the dispensationals. And dude, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> yelling <laughs> at oh each God. other, oh my God, screaming at each other. <laughs> oh that if gosh. you don't believe in the rapture, you don't believe oh. in the gospel. No, you didn't. So wow. you have to understand that the, and again, this isn't across the board, Yeah. but the Sunday school uh, hour, due to the nature of it being usually more academic, 
will often attract an academic crowd. Yeah. Which is great. Sure. That's fantastic. And that's, again, not, not always the case. Like, I was there, and I'm not very academic. Yeah. Um, but you have, to, you have to understand that, that it, it, it does, like, the best Sunday schools that I have been a part of yeah. utilized conversation, uh-huh. and it wasn't simply a lecture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't have anything wrong with a lecture on Sunday morning, and that's yeah. fine. But again, like you want to be doing everything in your church that when when it comes to whether it's Sunday school or small groups, that you're facilitating community, mm-hmm. right? We're really going to get into this, I think, when we talk about uh, uh, small groups. Yeah. But I would say that the most successful Sunday school hours that I have seen was good good subject material yep and the elder or the deacon or whoever was chosen to lead it yep is doing their best to facilitate gospel-centered discussion yeah um and make sure you got like a good a good end date <laughs> or, yeah. or, or good end end time like yeah. all right this is going an hour yeah we got to get up to uh, uh the main service right yeah yep totally understand that um yeah it was just I think too it depends upon the generation that you're with. Um, yeah. If you have a more spirited, maybe older generation that want, that's dug their heels into the ground and there is just like stalwart, like I ain't moving, I ain't budging, I ain't doing anything. This elder, this deacon trying to change my mind ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna show him. Um, you could have those Sunday <laughs> schools, which become interesting, or you could have legitimate like actual like helpful conversation i know that i've been a part of some sunday school um times in which it was generally everybody wanted more information or a more kind of understanding conversation and dialogue out of that as well too so yeah so i think sunday school is cool there's no mandate in scripture to have it you're not failing if you don't have it as a church if you do have it as a church i think I think you know those are those are some things to watch out for and yeah just facilitate good discussion. Now, small groups on the other hand, mm-hmm. I take a little different approach and I want to yeah. hear your thoughts. I think small groups are and what we you know p- some people call them small groups, uh, community groups. Um, I guess maybe we should d- describe what we mean by those, right, Jack? Sure. Yeah, I would say small group or a community group is primarily a time in which you have people who are kind of co-located in a certain area. Um, who live and go to your church, your local church, and are in with the general vicinity of the church. So I know, for instance, my local church is in South Tacoma area here, but we're kind of uh, different members of our body live in certain parts of the greater Tacoma area, or even there's a town called Puyallup in South Hill. So they might live in Puyallup or South Hill, or I know a contingent of us live in like the Tacoma area. So like my community group has people who live further on down my street that I live on and further up a little bit ways, like 10, 15 minutes away from me. So, I mean, um, we'll meet and we'll meet um, for community for just basically like, hey, how's it going? How is this certain just kind of time in which you're catching up and then even sometime devoted to like how is the gospel being lived out in your life um especially in light of a certain text you're going through in a sermon series right 
So how's that being lived out or how's that affecting you or what are you seeing or how are you growing or certain things like that. So it's a little bit more um, effectual, if you will. There's a little bit more affection to it versus more um, uh, intellectual. So, yeah, yeah. Normally the, the most effective smoke, because again, there's, you know, there's a spectrum of these as well. Right. Yeah. But I think the most, the most effective ones that I've seen and that I've personally been a part of is it's less academic. Yeah. It's less of a, of a Bible study. Yeah. And more of a time where you are gathering together with your brothers and sisters from the church and encouraging and fostering close relational community with each other yeah and that happens the best and I, I think the most effective is when people are being vulnerable with each other uh, being real with each other and yep. being authentic yeah so you're sharing with each other um, your struggles your joys mm-hmm. there's there's confession yeah there's encouragement yep um, and it's less about the in, the the academic, like you know, got to make sure we go through all the points of the sermon and 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 you know, hit hit on each one and then just just talk about them, right? Yeah. Versus, it's more okay, like what you just said. What is this sermon, or or you know, what is this passage, or this book that we're going through? How does this impact our lives spiritually, and how mm-hmm. does this impact us as a corporate family together? Yeah. Right. Um, And I am of the belief that and obviously some churches are inhibited providentially by size. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's a smaller church and having community groups or small groups, whatever you want to call them. uh, It's a little harder. Right. Yeah. And I I totally understand that. Um, But I am of the belief that if you are able so much health and joy uh, and 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 relational um, uh, bonding yeah. can occur and happen through small group uh, ministries, mm-hmm. right? Um, because Sunday morning is the time where we all gather together corporately to worship God. That is why we are there. Community is definitely part of that, and, yeah. and it should be, but it is not the main focus, yeah. right? We are there for a singular purpose, and that is to bring God glory as a community. Mm-hmm. But the small groups, that is where the true fellowship and progress is made, yeah. I believe, is in the smaller groups where we are invested in each other's lives and we are um, living out the gospel to each other mm-hmm. in that context, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, too, um, not only that, but you're, you're being known, you're being made, known, being made known of, and there's transparency that's going on yes. there. Yeah. Um, I think that is going to only happen if your leaders are displaying that. Yep. If your pastors, if your elders, if your deacons are displaying how they're transparent, how they're available, how they're modeling being in community, your, your local church is going to start to flourish in those settings of community groups of I mean, community groups, missional groups. I mean, this was interesting as well too bring up this factor because during the whole last year of covid some churches who were structured in this very missional community mindset it was very easy for them to just pivot sure because they're like hey we're in missional community hey and the elders are just checking in on them and they're able to break apart 
because they're already structured in that way. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it does depend as well, too, of how your church is structured. Um, if it's a missional community, okay, that's great. And you can pivot and that's awesome because you're then you're kind of like almost going old early church status with like almost like little, then you can pivot if need be and do a house church. Or you could just say, hey, there's a certain number of people here that represent the congregation. Um, I know what's going on in their lives, and this is how I'm reporting back to our elders and stuff like that. And so, absolutely, like small group, a a good small group ministry is a wonderful asset to the elders of the church because it provides them the the ability to <clears throat> to do a lot of things to keep their their thumb on the pulse of the congregation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to identify future uh, leaders, yeah. Within the church, and also to know which individuals need help and need shepherding, and need need comfort and care, right? Yeah. Um, because there's only so much time on Sunday morning, right? Where they're yeah. where they're usually two hours max, um, and there's there's only so much you can do on a Sunday morning that's yeah. going to be effective shepherding for your people, right? Yeah. Um, regarding regarding specifically community, right? Yeah. A solid small group ministry gives you the ability to be able to do that, and that mm-hmm. you are setting your small group leaders up uh, not not as a you know you know I want you to be my spy and yeah. report back to me all the uh, all the dissension in the ranks right <laughs> like that's not what this is yeah. at all yeah uh, this is caring for your congregation and equipping those leaders to be able to care for that congregation as well yeah and it gives the church the the ability to be able to be shepherded more effectively and have that community increase uh because of those you know of the of of that time that's set aside in order to specifically focus on it right yeah so i'm i'm personally a huge fan of small groups i can i can say without without hesitation that the most intimate and effective moments of shepherding in my life have come from the small groups Mm. Yeah, where I am confessing to my brothers and sisters that I know love me yeah, and that care for me and that are able to then uh, give me the gospel in that moment. (laughs) Yeah. Like the relationships that I have with the individuals in my small group, you know, I'm just thinking of them right now and it's almost getting me emotional. Like, that bond is so tight. Mm. It is so close. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, on top of it, too, just in my last, um, our last community group meeting, um, there was a lot of, there's a lot of affirmation, but then a lot of, and it depends upon what your propensity is to how you understand this, too. <laughs> sure. Of, uh, prophecy, so to say. Oh, so, okay. um, so some people could take prophecy as like, um, oh, you're you're prophesying over me. Have you <laughs> yes. have you heard these idioms? Uh, yes, so like that's right. you're just like trying to be this like kind of spiritual or Christian um, mystic, trying to speak these things over my life that really don't mean anything, or you're already saying things that I know are true, or it's somebody who's affirming but also challenging you. 
Yeah, right. Um, right. So I think, I mean, this is a completely other different podcast episode we'll go into if we talk about prophecy, but I think of looking at the scripture more intently, prophecy is, is more like a good word based upon the scriptures and you're affirming that in a person's life and you're challenging them to something based upon where they're at in their season of life. So, but yeah, there was a lot of affirmation. The last community group, um, our community group now is meeting on Sunday evenings. And I mean, my community group leader was like, Hey, like the, the harvest is plenty. The laborers are a few. I know that you've been a leader and it's like, I'm just going to leave that open. I'm not going to try and push, but I'm just going to leave that open that there's places to, for you to flourish and for your wife to flourish and for you to even flourish in leadership. If you want to go down that road whenever you're ready. So that's been what I think has been the most um, encouraging is it hasn't been, it's been very encouraging, but it's also been like transparent and affirming and then following up with me on certain things. And this, in this trans this kind of different transitional season, but it's great. So, yeah, I would say, you know, j- just as there are things to watch out for during the Sunday school hour, there are also things yeah. to watch out for in small group ministries, right? You need to understand that due to the very nature of the tight knit community that small group fosters, yeah, you ha- have to be on guard to clicks. Yeah. Within the church. Right. And 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 simply viewing that small group of people as all the people that you need. Yeah. Right. Or all the people that that you need to to give yourself to. Right. Yeah. So we need to we need to remember that that the the small group, how it, it, it's set up is a is a very condensed version of the church. Yeah. Right? It is not. It is not uh, the church as a whole, mm-hmm. right? I mean, obviously, we are the church as individuals, but you need to be very careful as to not view your small group as the end-all, be-all of church, Yeah, right? Because the corporate gathering is still important. Yeah, Those other brothers and sisters that are there on Sunday morning are still important, Yeah, and they are just as much your brothers and sisters as the ones in your small group, right? Yes. You need to be on guard to your small group turning into a, a pseudo-church plant, yeah, <laughs> where uh, its own leaders are being formed um, and dissension happens because because I've seen this I've seen yeah, yeah, yeah. small groups turn into basically a time where people just talk about everything they disagree with about their current church yeah and that is so unhealthy yeah it's wrong it's unbiblical and it's sinful yeah. right but I've seen it happen because of the very nature of small group everyone is tight right they have that relational. Um, comfortability with each other. So you have to be very careful that it does not turn into something to where it is actually inhibiting uh, growth, mm-hmm. right? Spiritual growth or, or, or community growth yeah, uh, and actually fostering it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm personally not a fan of small groups taking communion <laughs> together. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think that's something that is reserved for the corporate gathering of believers on sure. Sunday morning to be administered by the elders. Yeah. Right. Um, so small groups are fantastic. They're wonderful. They're biblical. I think we should be doing them more. And I think, I, I think a greater emphasis on small groups is needed in the local church today. Yeah. But you also have to be careful that it does not turn into a club to where yep. no one else is allowed in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, mostly 
it depends upon where your local church is at. And sometimes your small groups are going to be based upon certain kind of sectors of the city that people are coming from, which is fine and great. But that doesn't mean that one person can't go who's just part of one neighborhood of the city can't go to another small group that's in a different neighborhood or something like that. So, I mean, the the biggest thing that you want to be on the lookout for is i guess how are we taking the gospel of what we're understanding in the small group and maybe even looking out missionally as well too how are we looking at our community and saying how can we be a blessing to our community sometimes yeah um so that's where your small group can come in to where you can be very evangelistic as well too in inviting people in and as easy as, I mean, during the summer right now, it's it could be very evangelistic to a certain degree of just like, hey, sure. my neighbor, come here. We're having a barbecue. We want to fellowship and get to know one another. And that's where you're going to be subject to a lot of language that way. So, yeah, no, no, yep, yep. That's that's exactly right. I think it's 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 really really important. You got to be on guard for those things for sure. But at the end of the day, it's 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 it really is a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said earlier, the most like intense, real gospel centered discipleship that I have received has come through the small group ministries in my church. Yeah. Right. So understand that, that those issues are there, but that the practice itself, I think is really, really biblical yeah. and really, really beneficial. And you know what? Like, Small groups can do stuff with each other. Yeah. You know, like, I think people people think like, oh, it's our small group. We're just going to stick to our, ourselves. Like, get together with another small group. Go yeah. out to dinner. Go bowling. Go yeah. on a hike. Go, you know, combine your small groups sometimes. You know, yeah. meet somewhere in the middle. That's awesome. That's fantastic. That's just, just again, like encouraging that community yeah authentic community that we're talking about i think it's i think it's wonderful when that happens yeah yet again i mean uh my wife and i went to houston not too long ago and that city is as big as some east coast states yeah like maryland um i'm trying to remember uh connecticut maybe as well too but it's just like man think of if a church if a local church has so many people coming to it and how much partnering with different community groups in a certain area can be so beneficial to that city and reaching people for the gospel. So that's one aspect that I look at and say that could be really good as far as how community groups can be sharing the gospel. But yet I think the the danger, and I heard this on a different podcast from some folks, is purposely trying to replicate um, because it's just too big. Like you're putting mm. a cap on it. Sure. And you're saying, okay, if we have 15 people, well, we need to replicate right now. and We just need to split people apart. I would really be hesitant. I've, I've looked at this before and it's like, I've revisited it in some different podcasts, but that sometimes means that the church like wants you to like, not is like forcing you to not commune with all these different community groups. <laughs> And sure, sure. I would rather what you said, Josh, is interweave those community groups to make sure that everyone knows what's going on within their their certain kind of areas, so to say, or neighborhoods, and um, be intertwined in the work of the gospel in your city. So, absolutely, 
Love it, dude. Love it. All right, man. Well, why don't you get us out of here? Because Josh soccer is being still tortured I by am, soccer. I am, dude. <laughs> I wish they would change the channel. There's got to be, like, I would rather watch General Hospital than soccer. <laughs> give me young George Clooney. You know what? No, give me George Clooney Batman over soccer. What about Den- young Denzel was in that, wasn't he? Was Denzel in General Hospital? I believe so. It's got to no. be. Denzel was in a TV show, and it was young Denzel. No. Yes. You need. We need to Google this. That's horrible. We need to Google this. Horrible. Get us out of here, Jack. <laughs> so, if you appreciate our um, our torturing sometimes of Josh torturing. with uh, with soccer matches here at the Reformatory, you can find us. And also, you can review us and give us a five star review. Yes, please do that. That helps any a lot. podcast app that you are listening to us on. Plus, you can also find us on the sociables, if you will. The Instagram. Instant. The Zuck site. Zuck site. A.K.A. The Facebook. The Facebook. Or the Tweaker. A.K.A. The Twitter. A.K.A. Little Blue Bird site. Um, All our tag is at Reformatory Pod. Josh, tell the people how they can get what they want by giving us money. (laughs) (laughs) Give the Reformatory (laughs) what they want. Uh, If you guys appreciate these podcasts and uh, the focus that we have to encourage the centrality of the local church in the lives of believers we would ask that you partner with us on patreon for five dollars a month like that's super cheap you starbucks coffee you people get a lot with five dollars a month uh you too can become a patreon supporter and have your name hallowed hallowed hallowed, hallowed. Through the halls of this podcast as jack said please leave a like and a review even if it's just like the fire emojis <laughs> we, we like like that like it'll take you it'll literally it'll take you 10 seconds if you're listening to this on ios your iphone just scroll to the bottom scroll to the bottom click write a review 10 seconds 15 max out of your time it really helps uh, get the word out to these podcasts we really really appreciate it um we thank you all so much for listening and we will catch you on the next step of the reformatory mm-hmm.